I got my pops his first iPhone. Just taught him how to hang up a FaceTime. He got it for pause screens later. Hashtag help. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today we are looking back at Sunday's action. We are previewing Monday's games and giving a bit of an injury roundup across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it. Indeed, the first game from Sunday, the Oklahoma City Thunder get a big win on the road against the Raptors, 98-97. Some big performances in OKC or from OKC. Chris Paul, 25-11-8. He started off this season slowly. He wasn't touching the ball. They weren't using him in, uh, I believe, the right manner. But we have seen his numbers steadily improve. The shooting has improved. And he's back to just being a really, really good NBA player that is going to get the Thunder, I I believe, into the playoffs. I don't think he's a risk of being traded. I do think that we should be looking as a sell-high situation here. He's a top 30 player this season because of the injury risk, not because of the trade, but because of the injury risk. So if you can pull that off, I'd be looking to do it. Shea Gildas-Alexander, I had him on the buy-low segment a few weeks back because his uh, weird shooting and usage had dropped off. But here we go. 39 minutes, 32 points, three triples, three steals, seven rebounds. This guy is going to be a star. I think he's going to be a top 20 player at some point in the future and some really good numbers for Shea here. Well, Nerland's Noel. The minutes are low. We know that. 13 points, 19 minutes. But three steals, three blocks, perfect from the field, perfect from the line. You can say he's a stash for when Adams get traded, but that's bullshit because he's providing value as it is. I talked about him earlier today on the waiver wire show. Maybe it's not for you. I don't think Adams gets traded either, but it does not matter. He still provides value for 12-team leagues with his defensive numbers and his field goal percentage. And that's enough to be rostered now. If anything happens to Adams, then it's just a bonus. But for now, he's providing that value. Darius Basley made another start in place of Danilo Gallinari. He had two blocks, 12 points, and four triples. His best game as a starter. I wouldn't get overly excited about Basley here, but as a deep league streamer while Gallo is out, there is value there. Adams struggled a bit. Nine points on seven shots with two steals and a block, while the rest of the rotation was pretty poor. Zero points for Terrence Ferguson. He's just trash in terms of his fantasy productions. Abdul Nadir had four points in 22 minutes while we got Luke against Dort, Kevin Hervey, and Deontay Burton in the rotation because Dennis Schroeder was out. For the Raptors, big minutes again for Lowry. 20 points, 5 assists, always a sell high to me, while Freddie Van Vliet had 20 and 8 with 4 triples in 38 minutes as well. Ibaka played 34, he had 12 and 14, and with his minutes up, that means the water boy Chris Boucher's minutes are down. 19 minutes for Boucher, 9 and 5. I think it's too, he's too inconsistent with playing time and production to be a 12-team league guy. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson lost minutes to O'Shea Brissett and to Terrence Davis. Davis looked good in this one. 27 minutes, 11.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 3 triples. But it is hard to see where the minutes are going to come for Davis when everyone gets healthy. While Pat McCaw, huge minutes again. 37 minutes, 13 points, 3 triples, and 2 steals. He has stream ability for the threes and for the steals. He occasionally can get some assists. He's far from a must-roster guy, but in 14-teamers at the moment, they like him, so he's got use. Davis is more 14-16-teamers. 
Some reports out of uh, Toronto with Norm Powell that he's traveling with the team. A lot of people are interpreting this to mean that Powell is just imminent to return. I'm not sure that's the case. We see injured players travel with the team all the time. He's not dealing with any sort of lower body injury like the other two guys, Siakam and Gasol. So maybe it's easier for him in terms of travel. It's just with his shoulder. I don't think this means that he's an imminent guy to look back on. If you've got an open spot and you want to take that flyer on power, by all means, he was rolling before the injury. Um, But I don't think this means that he is necessarily back. He still doesn't have a set timetable for his return. Maybe he is going to be back earlier or faster than when he subluxed that shoulder last time out. That's a possibility. That took about six weeks for him to return. We're at the two-week mark now. I still think we're looking at about another week or so minimum for Powell, but I don't think this means, yeah, he's back all of a sudden because he's traveling with the team. That is not always an indicator uh, to say that they're they're ready to go. Let's move on now to the next game of the day. Uh, it was, they had a three bunch of three games all happening at once. The Houston Rockets and the New Orleans Pelicans. Big win for New Orleans in this one with a 127 victory over the Rockets at home uh, to the Houston team scoring 112. It really was a, a huge victory for the New Orleans. And since Derek Favors has been playing big minutes, I think they're five and one since his minutes restriction has been lifted. Now the Rockets were without James Harden. They were without Russell Westbrook. So the starting backcourt was Eric Gordon, who returned from injury, Austin Rivers, and then Dan House at the three. Now Gordon put up a big line, 20 points in 22 minutes. That will get a lot of people to overreact. He had a 37% usage. He has no chance of having that level of usage or even that level of shooting once he plays with Harden and Russ. So if anyone adds him in 12-team leagues, I would look really closely at the guy that they dropped to do that. I don't believe Gordon is anything more than, say, a 13th man on a 12-team roster or even not even in that discussion. So this could be that game that gets someone to add him and you grab the scraps of what they drop off. As for Rivers, nine points and five assists in a start. It was the guys like Chris Clements who really stepped up. 16 points and nine assists in his 34 minutes. We know this guy can score. He got the extra opportunity. That's all this Rockets team is. It's just opportunity here. With Harden and Russ out, other guys stepped up. Massive from Isaiah Hartenstein. 34 minutes, 19 and 9 with two blocks. If you listen to this podcast for a few years and you know I've banged on about this guy, that if he gets minutes, he will put up numbers. He got minutes, he put up numbers. It is a simple equation for this guy. I think he's going to take this backup center job from Tyson Chandler, but on this Rockets team, backup center means what? 10 minutes a game maximum. So while Capella is out, Hartenstein is worth a stream, but there's no guarantee that uh, Capella even misses any more time with this heel injury. But he is worth at least a look or a stream in those deeper formats. Strong from him. Dan House also got got the high usage, as did Ben McLemore with those two guys out. Well, McLemore's usage wasn't that high, but he got the minutes back up. 22-6 and six for House, 12-6 and six for McLemore. We also had 25 minutes of the Comet Gary Clark, six points and eight rebounds in that time. But this whole uh, Rockets box score is a little bit wonky given the absences. PJ Tucker, I reckon he's getting close to a drop. He's very specific skill set, steals, threes, sometimes rebounds. It's not for everybody. He's not that guy. He's a guy that rankings skew, especially if you care about turnovers, which you 100% should not. And uh, that does lead to him looking, oh man, he's the 40th best player. Look, he's not. He's not under any circumstance the 40th best player. So you need to really look. To, is he helping my team? Is he hurting me in other areas? Does it fit what my squad uh, requires? On the Pelican side of things, how's Lonzo Ball? 40 minutes, 27 and 10, 8 assists, 7 triples, 2 steals. He's shooting well in the starting lineup. He's killing it in the starting lineup. He should never have been removed from the starting lineup. He should be rostered in all leagues. This is what he can do. This is what he's got the ability to do. Now, this sort of level of scoring and usage is not something that's going to continue 
but his ability to get rebounds, assists, steals, chuck in a couple of threes, add some blocks as a point guard is insanely valuable in fantasy. Do not leave him on the waiver wire. Ingram had 27, 6, and 4, and at this point, we just have to determine that his free throw percentage is fixed. The actually employing a shooting coach appears to be a good idea for uh, an NBA team, unlike his previous squad. Good stuff from Ingram. Holiday had 25 with five assists and two blocks. Another big night there. And my mate Derek Favors, 35 minutes, 12 and 16. It turns out, actually, he's really, really good. And he fits on this team. Don't worry about this up-tempo nonsense. Yes, Zion coming back might have an impact, but he is actually good. He contributes to winning basketball. Since he's been back, they're winning. There, there is absolutely no coincidence about that. Derek Favors should not be on any waiver wise. It was also a great game from Etwan Moore, who'd been out of the rotation and is playing well since returning. He's more of a 14 to 16 team league streamer. He had 25 points with five triples, a lot of shots, 33% usage, a plus 29 on the night as well. Nothing to overly get excited about, but interesting stuff. He outplayed uh, JJ Redick. He outplayed Josh the Hitman Hart. By the way, Redick's a clear drop in 12 team leagues. Hart also is not a 12 team league player, in my humble opinion. And the Pelicans continue to do something weird, which Mason Ginsburg pointed out to, to, on Twitter today that I noticed. In the first half, at the end of the first half, they play Frank Jackson four minutes. With the starters, Frank Jackson comes in, plays four minutes. I have no idea why. He doesn't know why. Nobody knows why. He played four minutes today, Frank Jackson, and went scoreless. I don't understand what the point of it is. So anyway, that is your Pelicans uh, update. Let's go through to the next game. It's the Sacramento Kings and the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets get the win here in the end, uh, 120 to 115. So that's a, it's a good win for Denver, who, again, just constantly seem to have these... Um, these people doubting them, even though they're going at a franchise best pace to begin this season, but they get the victory over a Kings team who was without, once again, Marvin Bagley, even though De'Aaron Fox did return. So without Bagley, Nemanja Bielitsa started 27-6 and with five triples, a block, 77% shooting. While Bagley is out, Bielitsa has value in 12-team leagues. Bud Heald bounced back 20 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, a block, 44% shooting, while Fox had 18-2 and 13 after missing one game with the back spasms. Big Rashawn Holmes, 31 minutes, 18 and 6, 69% shooting. Giggity. We would have hoped for a few more minutes from Holmesy there, but we also had a weird Harry Giles cameo. Now, this was uh, predetermined, it seemed, because a lot of the Kings beat reporters mentioned this yesterday that Giles was going to play in this game. He had 11-3-3 with a steal and a block. Good for him. I don't think the Kings will believe in him long-term, and he's likely not going to be in the rotation when Bagley is back. But that's a strong performance. Well, Bogdan Bogdanovic, who'd been playing well, played shit. Seven points in 27 minutes with five rebounds. Not a good night from him. Trevor Ariza, who missed last game due to an undisclosed and unannounced illness, he returned for 17 minutes but I think we can all be thankful that it was only for 17 minutes while the pencil, Harrison Barnes, Barnesy. Six points in 29 minutes. Fox is back. And when Bagley back is back, he's a definite 12-team drop to me. I reckon you can probably move on in 10s at this point and then drop him after that in 12s. For the Nuggets, the Blue Arrow, 13-4-7 and seven for Jamal Murray. Jeremy Grant started in place of Paul Millsap, 18 points with two blocks and two threes while Millsap's out. Grant has stream value, otherwise he doesn't. But the big story, of course, is Michael Porter Jr. starting. He had 19 points in 26 minutes. He was 80% shooting. He did have quite a few defensive issues, and I don't think this is a long-term situation, but it was good to see. Now, when he has a big game like this, and it does, it comes on 80% shooting, there's a lot of skepticism in that, but he looked pretty good offensively. There are still a lot of worries about his overall game and the defensive impact. I do not think that he is a 12-team ad. It did require Gary Harris being out and Paul Millsap being out, and none of those issues are considered serious. Porter is not coming in and playing 30 minutes a night from here on out. 
Sure, in an 18-team league, by all means, go and add him. But yeah, outside of that, I don't think we overreact to it. Jokic had 17, 8, and 4 in 27 minutes. Barton had 19, 3, and 5. Jokic was in some foul trouble in the uh, in the first half. He had 3 fouls in the first half, didn't pick up another one, but that's why some of his minutes were limited. Plumlee had 15 and 6, while Malik Beasley stepped up in Gary Harris's absence as well, had 11 points in his 24 minutes, but his production is all over the shop as they limit his minutes, and he feels like he is definitely going to be uh, traded at some point uh, during this season. We just, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see when that is, but it does feel that way. I, I don't love him massively as a fantasy guy because of some of the deficiencies in his overall statistical skill set. The next game up for us to look at, it was the Charlotte Hornets and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies win 117-104 at home. Devontae Graham, again, just forget your field goal percentage with this bloke. 16 points on 28% shooting, but four rebounds, 10 assists, three threes, two steals, gets it done, while Terry Rozier had nine points and eight assists. Big game from Malik Monk, 18 points on 18 shots with a triple one. That's great to see from Monk. Played 26 minutes as well, but not anything we should get overly excited about, while PJ Washington had 16 in 28 minutes. That looks great, and then it's pretty empty on the rest of his box score. He his game is a little bit like Eric Pascal in terms of, you know, high volume scoring type player with limits in other areas. He's still a 12 team ad, but I think people get a little bit excited about him while Miles Bridges was dreadful. You can drop him. He's been trashed this season and I've given him plenty of chances and those chances are cooked. 14 points for Cody Zeller in 19 minutes, not much else. 10 and 6 for Biombo with two blocks. Very specialist type guys that are more 14 team league players. Well, um uh, Cody Martin had 15 minutes again ahead of Nick Batum in the rotation. Brandon Clark is really good, guys. 25 minutes, 18 and 4, 3 assists, 1 steal, 3 blocks. He should be rostered in all leagues. He should be playing 25 minutes a night. The Grizzlies had been struggling to do that for some God knows reason because, again, you've got to get Solomon Hill as much playing time as possible, apparently. But Clark needs to be rostered in all leagues. Triple J had 14 and 12 with two blocks. Uh, only the 25 minutes there. This game was a pretty comfortable victory. Valanchunas, 16, 9 and 5. Too many minutes for Grayson Allen, of course. 15 points in 26 minutes. But to be fair to Grayson, he's been much better this season. And some of the time, he does deserve this minutes. While Dylan Brooks had 20 points in 23 minutes. Shot well. That means a shit night is coming for Brooksy. He is more of a, of a deeper league option. The Wave Pool played more minutes, which is great. De'Anthony Melton, but only seven points in 23 minutes with two assists and a steal. He's on that 12-team fringe at the moment, probably more of a 14-team leaguer. While Kyle Anderson started in place of Jay Crowder, he did nothing. And Ja Morant had a real stinker. Six points on eight shots with seven assists. Nothing to be too concerned about with Ja there, but if someone is looking to panic, with Morant on their team, I would look to acquire him in a buy low. This was a, he, hasn't, he hasn't been the greatest of late Morant, but I think he can bounce back and be better. But lots of good performances on that Grizzlies team. We move now on to the last game of the day. The Dallas Mavericks lose to the LA Lakers 108-95. Luka Doncic had a hard fall in the first half. He went to the locker room, but he was okay and returned to start the second half. He ended the game with 19-4-7 with two steals, a poor shooting night, but a perfect 9-9 nine of nine from the line. Tim Hardaway also injured after seven minutes, pulled his hammy. Uh, he had two points in that time and did not return. Again, hamstrings you probably expect in the NBA, a minimum of a few games uh, missed, probably you know, closer to a week to two weeks. But Hardaway's such a fringe guy anyway that if you have him in a 12-team league and he's going to miss time, I would have no qualms in dropping him to get that hot guy in, to get the stream in, to get whatever you want in. He's not a must-hold player in that scenario. Berea started the second half for Timmy. Only played 13 minutes, had 12 points 
I don't think he'll be a 25-minute-a-night guy moving forward. There could be some short-term stream value for, say, 14- to 16-teamers, but I think it'll be distributed amongst Berea. Seth Curry had 23 minutes here, and hopefully we can get more D-line right. Now, D-line was fantastic again. 14 points in 19 minutes, four rebounds, three assists, and three steals. It makes us froth thinking about what he could do if he played 30 minutes a night, but the pairing with him and Doncic hasn't been great, so they're keeping him to those limited minutes. But he is, in these numbers, a 14-team league League guy minimum and has 12 team value, especially for those steals and assists. Finney Smith had 12 and a 6. He had three threes as well. Strong night from him. While Powell, 7 and 11 for Dwight in 32 minutes, two steals, one block. That's enough to have use in 12 team leagues. He's never going to be a high upside guy with the other players on this team, but that's providing enough value in the categories that he helps in rebounds, get steals, high field goal percentage, and not in this game, but in general, uh, that's what he can do. And that can be a 12 team league guy. Porzingis, he struggled a little bit. And we've seen him put up big numbers with Doncic out and worse numbers when Doncic plays. It's a pretty easy equation at this point. 11-7 and seven with three triples for Chris Stapps here in this game. We also had 21 minutes of Justin Jackson, who did his best Tony Snell impersonation. Two points in those 21 minutes. For the Lakers, a poor shooting night from LeBron James. LeBron James. 13 points on 30% shooting, but six rebounds and 13 assists, while Tone Davis, who was questionable entering this game, had 23-9 and nine with two steals. KCP continues to play well. 19 points in 25 minutes. He hit four threes. He had a steal and a block. He's significantly better than Avery Bradley. He is not a 12 or 14 team league guy, but he should be rostered in more leagues than Bradley is. He currently is, and that is the way that it should be. As for Rondo, 18 minutes, four assists, and four points. He is really an assist specialist. He is not a 12-team must-roster guy. We're seeing his minutes drop down recently. He doesn't work playing alongside LeBron very much. He should not be in consideration for 10s or 12s or maybe even 14-team leagues. While Avery Bradley started again and had five points. He's just trash at this point. Kuzma, excellent. Last game for the Lakers. Uh, Scoreless on seven shots in 26 minutes. He had five rebounds. He can be a streamer if you're looking for points. He's more of a 14-team league guy. Under no circumstances, he a must-roster player in 12-team formats. JaVale had three blocks, and like Rondo, he's a specialist stream guy for his defensive stats, whereas Rondo gives you those assist numbers, and that's uh, the value that he is bringing. Let's do a bit of an injury update now across the NBA with some news. Jim Harden missed today's game with that toe injury. He was limping apparently in the locker room after the last game. So let's monitor that to see how it goes. You're going to have guys like Austin Rivers, Ben McLemore, Eric Gordon all step up and maybe have some short-term value. Gordon would be the guy out of that group if Harden misses time to add. Bledsoe is back. From his, or he's probable to return from his injury. So guys like DiVincenzo and Hill, they lose some value. Uh, Bledsoe, if he was on a waiver wire, you're going at him. While Jabari Parker is doubtful, surely everybody has dropped him in 10 and 12 team leagues and moving towards that in 14 teamers. Trey Young is going to be out again on Monday. The Hawks then have a big break until their next game at the end of the week. Um, again, nothing too serious with Trey, but he's missed a few games here. While Marvin Bagley is going to miss a couple more, at least with a foot. I think we might get a couple of weeks for Bagley. That's an estimation based on the walking boot, based on going to see the specialist. We don't have any significant diagnosis on him, but it hasn't been great for him so far. I would still hold until we get more information. Other injuries, Scala Bissier had an MRI. He is going to miss at minimum the next six games. There was too much swelling and the MRI was inconclusive. That's not a great sign. Uh, I would expect multiple, you know, three, four-week absence here minimum for Le Bissier. He did start the last game for Portland. 
Bazemore started the second half when he got hurt, so I'd imagine Bazemore continues to uh, start again while Tolliver picks up those minutes. There's no real benefit there in fantasy. Aaron Gordon's Achilles MRI didn't show any tears or anything, but it showed some inflammation. Uh, I would be pretty stunned if they played him through this, but let's wait and see on that. While Blake Griffin's doubtful again, I think Blake Griffin, uh, and I'm going to do the uh, the drops show tomorrow. Uh, spoiler alert, I think he's going to be on that list of players that can be dropped. He is bad at the moment. His knee is cooked, and uh, yeah, I think he's a droppable guy. Well, Timmy Hardaway, uh, pinged his hammy today. Again, as I mentioned before, I think he is a droppable player with that injury, which is sure to cost him at least a couple of games. Only a minimal slate of games here for Monday. Six games, we're going to be looking at DraftKings pricing for DFS. All right, the first game we're looking at here is the Miami Heat. They're taking on the Washington Wizards in Washington. Again, DraftKings pricing for today. No spread or totals out for this one because we don't know the status of Bradley Beal, who missed last game with leg soreness, exited the game before that with leg soreness. This Wizards roster is still all over the place. There's no Davis Bertans. There's no Rui Hachimura. There's no Tom the Tank, Bryant, CJ Miles, John Wall. A whole bunch of guys are out. Jordan McRae is back. We're getting big minutes out of the big mitten himself, Gary Payton. So lots of different options here in uh, in Washington or you know, with the Wizards and Miami. They're pretty much uh, you know all healthy outside of Justice Winslow, who's going to miss this one as well. The iron shoulder, Goran Dragic, has been fantastic since returning from his groin injury, averaging over 30 points a game in the last three. This is a fantastic matchup for Dragic. And at 5,200, really, really hard to go past him. He doesn't really need much to get past that number, so I like him quite a bit. Kendrick Nunn's at 51. The numbers for him have been disappointing lately, but the fact that his salary is that low and the matchup's so good, he is at least a tournament type of an option here. Isaiah Thomas is at 54. I like him. Now, it is a negative matchup for Thomas, but that salary is low. He's going to take shots, especially if Brad Beal is out. Then Thomas becomes, I think, a really strong option in this situation, while Ish Smith has been trash. And Gaz Payton, the mitten himself, 6,200. Now, that is a lot to pay for Payton, but the three games this year, he has averaged 37 the DraftKings points. Now, if Beal is out, there is value in Peyton, but we have to remember two of those games that Gaza has put up, he's had six steals in two of those three games. So that is hard to replicate. I think he's a little bit of a fade here, especially at that salary rise. Uh, at shooting guard, Jim Butler's at 78. Because he's my butler. <laughs> He dropped a casual 56 last game. He's averaging almost 40 over the last five. The matchup's a strong one. He could defer in this game if it gets a little bit into blowout situation, but the price is low enough to like it. Beal's at 92. I'd be cautious with him. Uh, Tyler Hero's at 46. I don't really think he's all that good of an option, although he did have 38 against the Wizards earlier this season. The Spur Dunk Robinson's at 4,000. No, don't like him much for DFS, while Troy Brown at 58. Now, if Beal is out, I think Brown at 58 is a good option. If Beal is in... I think it is probably a little bit too high for Troy there. At small forward, Derek Jones Jr. at 4,400. His minutes are up. He's not really capitalizing with big games. His highest scoring game in the last five has been just 26 points, which at 44 is barely above value. So I think he's okay, but I wouldn't be wanting to rely upon him. And then we look at the big men. Bam Adebayo, 7,600. Disappointing last time from Bam, only 22 points. But even with that game, he's still averaging over 40 in the last five. And at sub 8,000, Almost impossible to ignore him. Olinix at 32 for a reason. He's averaging 12 points over his last five. Anzesh Pasheksniks is at 3,500. He's getting minutes, as is Jan Mihinmi. I wouldn't feel comfortable about using either of those. Same with Myers Leonard. While John Williams is at 43. Um, 4,300 for John Williams is okay. Uh, he's put up 
numbers in the past, not this season, but as a starting power forward, which I imagine he will get that nod again, maybe as a weird tournament sort of a guy. But in terms of having faith in uh, in the composer, it is really tough to get excited about John Williams. Next game we take a look at the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Orlando Magic. The Hawks currently are trash. They are without Trey Young in this one. Jabari Parker is doubtful as well, while Aaron Gordon is questionable with Achilles soreness. I would be flabbergasted if Gordon played in this game. I think it would be derelict duties on the medical staff if he played, given the amount of Achilles blowouts with guys with Achilles soreness. I'm sure they'll do all the tests. I would not be playing him in this one. Uh, Mo Bamba also is questionable. One, two, three, four, five. With Bumba missing the last two, Ken Birch has taken that role, but that's not really an impact for DFS. If Gordon is out, you're going to get Wizawundu, who moves into the starting lineup. More minutes for Augustin, more minutes for Terry Ross, and John Isaac gets a bigger opportunity to grab rebounds as he plays more power forward. At point guard, Fultz is at 4,800. He probably gets a couple of extra minutes if Gordon is out as well. Not really liking him here at that sort of a salary. He's been a bit underwhelming of late, so I think we can do better. While Fanderpants, Kevin Herter will likely start again at point guard for the Hawks, but he is up at $6,000, and that to me, is too high. I wouldn't want to use him at that salary. DJ Augustin at 43 only for tournaments. Same with Terrence Ross as a shooting guard. He's at 4,200. We know he can blow up for a 35-pointer. He can also shit the bed for a 15-pointer. That makes him a tournament sort of a player. Well, Evan Fournier. The last two games for Fournier have been strong, but I wouldn't want to pay 6,000 for him. Even in those games where he's put up strong numbers uh, of late, he's still only like a 30-point guy, and that's not enough value as a $6,000 guy. Bembry, no thank you. Cam Reddish at 4700 He's been okay and probably starts again, but no interest in him. Same with a Wundu or Crab. At small forward, DeAndre Hunter's at 4500 He is... Uh, not playing well, averaging just 17 over the last five games. He is a tournament sort of guy in a matchup which could suit him, but I really doubt it does with John Isaac potentially locking down on him. I'm not super into him here. Aaron Gordon at 57. Now, if Gordon plays, I think that's a really good price for him. He put up a good game the game before that injury. I'm not super into him, though, just with that doubt. Well, Johnny Isaac at 65. You really have to like Isaac here even more so if Gordon happens to be sidelined. Other small forward guys is Vince Carter, and that's about it. At, at center, Nikola Vucevic, 7,900. Absolutely love it. A great matchup for Vuce going up against the trio of Alex Len, Bruno Fernando, and Damian Jones, of which none of those guys I'm super into. Although, in saying that, Len is averaging 20 points over his last five games in 9-10 minutes. 20 points at 3,900 is okay. But how much upside has he got to be better than that? Well, he has had a 48-point game in the last five, and that's fantastic. He's also had a five-point game. So that's wild-type swings. I'm not super into it in a game, which probably is going to be a little bit low-paced. Fernando, Jones, Bumba, Birch, not interested in any of those guys. Next up... Let's go to the next one. It's the Brooklyn Nets. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. No uh, spread or total for this because both Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are questionable for Minnesota. Karis LeVert and Kyrie Irving are out for Brooklyn. At point guard, Dinwiddie's at 7,700. Okay, actually, I'll get back to him in a minute. Now, if Towns is out, then we get Jeng with that value. If Wiggins is out, you look at flyer types on someone like Keelan Martin, who played well last game. Jeff T gets a boost in that situation. My name is Jeff. Um, there's a bunch of other guys who could have that uh, have that sort of value uh, in that uh, in those absences of those players. But you're looking more at yeah, just a boost for fatigue. Yeah, Jen Covington gets a boost as well if Wiggins is out. We've seen his minutes go up the last couple of games. Now Dinwiddie, seven thousand seven hundred, bit of a disappointing game from Spence last game. Still had 35, so he is an absolute guaranteed lock to me. While Teague at 55 feels like he's got a good cash floor with significant upside. 
Uh, Shabazz Napier's been starting. His numbers have been like 22 minutes a night, which is not great. I'm not massively into him. Culver's been fairly poor despite some defensive numbers coming his way. Theo Pinson not doing it either. At shooting guard, Joe Harris is at 53. I don't see the DFS appeal in Joe. Garrett Temple at 49 similarly. Well, Wiggins at 73. Now, if Wiggins plays and Towns is out, that's a really, really strong option for Wigo in that scenario. Akogi, Lawawu, Cabro, no thank you. Via small forwards, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince had been pretty dreadful. Last game, he was all right, 29 points in 28 minutes, but it's still not really wowing me. So I think we can do better than him there. Trivion Graham is not a way to do better. But a guy like Bob Covington at 5,900, he dropped 38 last time out. Now, if Wiggins is out and Towns is out, I think we feel a lot better about using Covington at that sort of a salary, especially given he has looked a lot better the last couple. Baby Neck, Wilson Chandler, Rowdy Rodion's Kuruks, no thanks to any of those guys. And then at center, Towns is at 10,000. Now, if he plays, he smashes that number, but we don't know at this point whether he's going to go out there. Well, DeAndre Jordan at 4,800, I just think we can do better than using him. Jarrett Allen at 62, maybe a little bit on the high side as well in terms of pricing. Well, Jing is at 6,400. If he is, in fact, starting because Towns is out, I think that's okay, but it's also not fantastic. He only had 26 last game as Noah Vonley took some of that playing time, so he wouldn't be an absolute lock must roster guy because that salary has been adjusted upwards. Next game up is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Chicago Bulls. Also, no spread or total available here because Larry Markinen is questionable, as is Yanni Antetokounmpo. Chris Felicio is questionable. Chandler Hutchison is questionable. And of course, because it's the Bulls, Thomas Satoransky, Ryan Archer, Jackano, Wendell Carter Jr., and Zach Levine are all probable. But an interesting one for Milwaukee... Eric Bledsoe is probable, so he is likely to return from his leg fracture. It is not a standard leg fracture, as I've mentioned plenty of times. An avulsion fracture is just a chip off the top of the bone due to the, uh, a tendon pulling on it, so it wasn't like his leg snapped in half and he's back in two weeks, but he is ready to be back, eliminating a lot of the value for the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, and George Hill, although you would imagine that Bledsoe's minutes would be a little bit lower in the first game back. Chris Dunn should start again at small forward. He's at $5,000. I don't really love him for DFS. He's not bad. Well, I wouldn't want to use Bledsoe first time up at 57. Kobe White is always just a roller coaster experience. He did have 35 against the Bucks earlier. Um, yeah, but that's just a tournament sort of a situation. While Sadoransky at 61, really strong numbers. His lowest score in his last five on DraftKings has been 36. That is a great, great floor from Thomas. 8,300 for Zach Levine. I like his floor as well. Lowest score in his last five is 38. Now, the Bucks are a good defense, obviously. Doesn't mean that you can't put up numbers. And I think Levine is worth look, at least for those high 30 numbers. DiVincenzo, Archie Jackano, and Hill, no thank you. At shooting guard, we've got Chrissy Middleton's at 81. I really like Chris if Antetokounmpo is sidelined. Otherwise, he's probably a fade. The Hammer, Denzel Valentine, Paddy Connaughton, Wes Matthews, no thanks. At small forward, Yanni is at 11-2. Now, I think if Yanni plays, he will get that number even in limited minutes. So we'll have to monitor that one. Now, if Antetokounmpo is out, we look at uh, Ersan Ilyasova, who really was crushing it the last couple of games. They have bumped his salary up to 56, but he was getting you 40 pointers uh, in those two games over the weekend that Antetokounmpo missed. So some good value there for Ersan if Yanni is out. Thad Young would be one to watch at 41 if Larry Markinen is sidelined as well. I think he would smash that value if Markinen happened to be sidelined. The other big man, Wendell Carter's at 58. I think there's value in him if Lowry is out. He actually hit two threes last game, Wendell, despite Jim Boylan telling him he shouldn't be shooting threes. Finally, he's broken that habit, and the matchup is a strong one. Marketing at 63, I wouldn't have a huge amount of trust in him at this point with his illness. And Brook Lopez at 59 probably just feels a little bit too high. Danny Gafford and Rob Lopez not going to be the guys that we're looking to invest in heavily. Next up, the Detroit Pistons, the Utah Jazz. 
Um, Blake Griffin is doubtful for this one. Markeith Morris is out. So does this mean it's time for the crucifix Christian Wood? I think so. Maybe they'll start Thon McCare, but it will be uh, Wood that gets the majority of those minutes would be my guess. Tone Snell's also appeared as probable. Of course, the Duck Luke Canard and Reggie Jackson are out. At point guard, Jordan Clarkson, 4,100. He had 28 last game for the Jazz. Some high-scoring numbers. Now, at 4,100, I don't actually hate using him here. There is value in him being that primary shot chucker slash scorer off the bench for the Jazz. And if he gets 24, 25 points, I could beat that number pretty comfortably. So he's not a bad option. Tim Frazier is a bad option, so I'm not looking at him as a, as a good one. While Derek Rose at 63, really playing well at the moment, even in the limited minutes. I like him at 63. While the Don, Donovan Mitchell. He's gone. He's good. He's at 8,400. He's averaging 44 over the last five. There is still no Mike Conley. I think Mitchell at that price is a good cash guy. At shooting guard, Bruce Brown, the Sharks at 47. I don't love him for DFS, but I do love Jingle and Joe Ingles. 6,100, averaging 40 over his last three. Minutes are up. He's scoring well. He's shooting well. Like him as an option here. Tone Snell, I don't. While Sfi McKay looks at 4,000. He's been starting in place of Canard, but the minutes have dropped the last couple, and he is not a good option. At small forward, Boyan Bogdanovich is at 6,100. I like that price for Boyan. I think there's real value in him getting to 30 and possibly pushing to 40. He hasn't had a real big game in a while. Maybe this is it. Royce O'Neal at 45 isn't a DFS play. And then for your big man, of course, it's the Crucifix, Christian Wood, 3,800. You've got to look at him as a cash lock type guy and a tournament upsider. Gobert's at 8,000. I like it. He's had a good record against Drummond. I couldn't say the same for the big avocado. Going up against Gobert, averaging just 39 the last three times against Utah, which at 9,300 does not cut it. Ed Davis was actually out of the rotation last game with Tony Bradley playing in his place. And Thon McCare, I don't even care if he starts. He's not going to be someone I'd be looking to looking to use. The last game we look at is the Suns. It's the Blazers. Portland is favored by four at home, and the total is 231 points here. We know that Scalabissier is out for Portland, out for the next six games at a minimum with his knee injury. Mario Hazonia is questionable, while DeAndre Ayton is out again for Phoenix. And Frank the Tank Kaminsky appears as probable. For your point guards, Christian James McCollum's at 6,600. I think that's probably a little bit too high. While Lillard at 85, I really like that for Lillard. It's a good matchup for him as well. He's averaging 48 over his last five. Just goes about his business. While Devin Booker's at 75, and I absolutely love that for Booker. 41 average over the last three. Portland doesn't really have the defenders to stop him. And Rubio at 72 also comes in pretty strong. But give me $300 extra, and I'll take Booker every day of the week. Anthony Simons is playing better of late, averaging over 20 in his last three. He's only at 3,700. But even in his games, he's playing better. He's still not blowing that number out. He's not giving you 10x return on that sort of a number. And then you worry that if things don't go his way, then he's going to fall under the 3,700 value threshold, which gives me a level of pause with him. Uh, I don't know what's happening with the backup point guards in Phoenix. It could be Javon Carter. It could be Ty Jerome. It could be Ali Okobo. It could be Tyler Johnson. They seem to rotate that on a daily basis. And there's no value in those guys anyway. While Kent Bazemore should be back starting with Scal out. He's at 3,900 Bays, maybe for tournaments if he gets hot. But that's really a, a dart throw type of scenario. McCall Bridges is at 34. He's been playing pretty well, averaging 18 over the last three. And at 3,400, that's not far off value. I'm not super into him here. And then you got uh, for your other small forwards, Cam Johnson's at 33. No, thank you. Mallow is down at 5,300. I like Mallow at that price. Really good value. The last couple have been bad for him. Defensive numbers have evaporated. The shooting has dropped off. But I think he can bounce back and have a game 
that at least exceeds that $5,300 mark. And then we go to other small forwards. Sharich has been just shitful, and mainly because of the minutes. 21 minutes a night, 4,400. I'm not going to get excited about him. Well, Ubre at 67. I think there is good value with him. He's really playing well at the moment and getting more of those power forward minutes at the expense of Sharich. At center, Baines is at 49. You've got to look at him as a cash guy with eight and out. Whiteside's at 7,100. The world. One bad game, but then he bounced back and dropped in 47. So there's real value here in Hassan Whiteside at that salary. Frank the Tank's at 37. I don't really care for that. Same with Anthony Tolliver, despite getting hot last game and dropping in 18 points in the absence of Labissi Air. Now let's move on and have a look now at... Um at, at the FanDuel pricing for this one and some options there. You've got the Crucifix. You've got Aaron Baines. You've got uh, Carter, Wendell Carter. Boyan Bogdanovich comes up nicely. Whiteside and Anthony for Portland. Johnny Isaac comes up pretty nice. I don't mind Royce O'Neal on FanDuel. Some uh, low-value cash play. DeAndre Hunter has some value there as well. Vucevic, uh, Don Mitchell, Andre Drummond also come in. as not bad options over on Fangel. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube tomorrow. Mini show coming on players who are droppable and then a standard recap show. After that, you'll never miss an episode if you subscribe and leave a comment, share it with your friends. All those things can help the show grow and get out to more people and provide better quality content for you guys. Hey, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Justin Anderson.